I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Mr. Dustin Ross, money, 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 money. How you doing, baby? I'm doing wonderful. And you just said the magic word, money, Ebony. Ain't it a beautiful word? It's a beautiful word. You know, I was looking at your IG over the weekend and you just looked like <laughs> money, baby. Tell me, I what, was, so what were the going ons? Yes. Where, was, where in the world was Dustin Ross this weekend? It was a beautiful New York and New Jersey weekend, actually, because I went to Six Flags Great Adventure. You know, I love roller coasters and theme parks. It's my favorite thing to do. So I got uh, my fix with that. And then uh, my friend Frank Watson of um, Frank Watson Events here in New York City, he had a great uh, party on Sunday um, at the DL uh, on Lower East Side. So it was incredible. Wait, was Mandy there? No, Mandy was not there. Oh, she, she was, was somewhere else, party. baby. Yeah, okay. Mandy was outside. She's outside. Shout out to Mandy. Shout out <laughs> but, to Mandy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm asking because I saw her Sunday too. So Mandy okay. had me come out to Queens um, with her and the lovely Miss Bridget, and we recorded and for uh, See The Thing Is. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, shout yeah, out to really Bridget fun. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Bridget Kelly. So that'll air sometime soon. But uh, child, Mandy was running out of that studio saying she was going to a day party. So I didn't know uh-huh. if she was going to be at the same one with Mr. Ross. Okay. Normally she is. But this this week we were uh, two ships passing in the night. So, yeah. <laughs> Hysterical. I love it. I love it. Well, good, baby. Well, I had a very interesting weekend as well. Pretty okay. much a working weekend. Um, so before I went to Queens on Sunday for the ladies of See the Thing Is, mm-hmm. I worked Saturday as well. Mm. I actually was invited to join Miss Tiffany Cross. Shout out to Tiffany Cross. The Cross Connection, yeah, on MSNBC. And Tiffany wanted to discuss the going-ons of Black women in reality TV. Um, So we had a a really dope, I think, conversation. And check out my Instagram to to see more of it um, around what my experience has been like on The Real Housewives of New York uh, as the first Black woman. So it was it's, it was dope. It's such a conversation starter these days, Ebony, and I love it. You know, all this scuttlebutt, you know, that's going around. I love it because who better for people to be talking about than you, you know, you and know. the things that they're saying. I just, I love that you are encouraging and starting these conversations without even trying just by your presence mm. but they say yeah, your presence is a present right they say so your that, that, that's is what a it present. is mm-hmm. and my mom says you know good old gloria isms you ain't yes. you ain't thought about till you talked about baby they talked about jesus <laughs> okay so, um, that's okay. the really shit you, i ever heard right there <laughs> shout out to mama gloria yes. shout out to mama gloria um so yeah you know it's interesting dustin i i actually it's very um very authentically appreciate what you said in terms of the conversations being started right now. That part is dope. That part is real. That was really my intention when I said I would do this show, not in an overt way, but in a, you know, if, if people are prompted to think about things a little deeper, a little more, uh, kudos to the show, kudos to this work, right? Okay. Yes. So one person that really, you know, felt he had a lot to say um, mm-hmm. around what has been my tenure so far in the Real Housewives of New York um, was y'all's friend Michael Rappaport. <laughs> and I just, I'm going to make it really quick because I'm really not even going to give this gentleman much energy because um, yeah. we got a big docket uh, to get to and I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I just want to say to Mr. Michael Rappaport um, and any non-Black women like him, you know, it's so wildly inappropriate and hilarious to try to dictate, give um, guidance and counsel to a Black woman about how to be a Black woman. Mm-hmm. Least of all, one in a space you, sir, have never even occupied. And, you know, I'm not going to uh, recount what the gentleman said. Y'all can go mm-hmm. to the internet for that. Uh, he was on the Wendy Williams show when he said it. And his equivalency, Dustin, to us as housewives being like cartoon characters, um, mm-hmm. to me said all we need to know about where this gentleman holds the regard of women that avail themselves to this platform, women that uh, open up their hearts and minds to the scrutiny and the love that comes with being on this platform. And when this man said that he watches reality TV in the same way he watches cartoons um, for wig snatching, drink throwing, uh, and the like, um, I say to you, Mr. Rappaport, so you sound like a crackhead. You Mm -hmm. sound like a crackhead who has been indulging in toxicity and shenanigans for so long that you don't know how to recognize or appreciate anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds as if one could say, Dustin, that this man is delighting in the reduction of grown-ass women from various backgrounds and experiences and reducing us to simple caricatures that exist for no other reason than to bring him delight. Mm -hmm. Mr. Rappaport, simply put, sir, you have me fucked up on every level. And with that, sir, I bid you a good day. All right. Okay, so listen, we're day. going to <laughs> a good day, sir. Um, Can I let's say get in, one thing, please, please, Evan, please just please, please one thing. Yes. Because cause sometimes you have to really break down what, what I, what's being said in front of you. And I know that you directed everyone to the Internet to find out what he said specifically. Mm-hmm. But once they see that and they, they really process it and break it down. Right. Mm-hmm. He basically told on himself as being stupid. Okay, mm-hmm. and le- less than competent because he literally his take basically was I don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. watch this show to learn or gain knowledge. I want to wallow and 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 to sit in the valley of stupidity yes. without new information that's beneficial. And when somebody tell you they stupid, that's how you know what they're saying you is stupid, believe and you move on. Okay? Yeah, you have to believe them. Yeah. He's always talking about someone else and no one is ever talking about him unless it's about something he said about somebody else. So, I yeah, mean, true. what are we really doing here? You know, it's true. He's kind of made his entire pop culture, you know, after he very convincingly played a white supremacist. Not for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Not very convincingly. Method acting is what you it's know, called. Uta, Uta Hagen, paging Uta Hagen. Uh-huh, okay? uh-huh. Um, very convincingly. You know, we, we really should have known as Instagram memes have said that, you know, we really can't take this man for too much worth because he killed Tyra Banks. So, yeah. um, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> moving the fuck on from his Glenn Close looking ass. Let's keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. Rachel Nichols and Queen Maria Taylor. Yes. Let's get into it. Um, you, You've got to be under a rock if you don't know. ESPN host Rachel Nichols uh, currently taking off NBA Finals coverage. Why? Because of the uh, <laughs> ridiculous, hypocritical, and patently ignorant things that she was caught on a hot mic, um, hot, hot, scalding, hot mic, Mm -hmm. um, saying about the good sister Maria Taylor. Um, 
by way of context, um, I don't have a deep, deep relationship with Maria Taylor, but but mm-hmm. but she is in my phone. She's a sister that I had the privilege of honoring when I uh, hosted the uh, Shadow League uh, Sports Awards a couple of years back and yes. was able to present this sister with um, the accolades uh, that she deserves because she's not only uh, kind hearted and beautiful, she's talented beyond belief. So shout out to Maria Taylor. So back to Rachel Nichols's ass. So this woman, um, also uh, ESPN anchor, they, they're both a handful of women. And see, this is the problem. Okay, I'm going to start with some context. Maria and Rachel, Rachel's white, Maria's black. They represent Dustin just the tiniest of handful of women that even appear on air at ESPN. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the problem. I'll continue. Rachel's caught on this scalding hot mic saying a few different things. I'm going to quote this one, but again, y'all need to go read the whole transcript and, and hear the audio to hear the, the inflection of this that's woman's important. voice. Cause that's, that's important, important, right? Mm-hmm. But here she, she says this quote, if you need to give her more things to do, because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away, In quote. She's talking, of course, Dustin, about the fact that ESPN made the decision to sit Maria Taylor at the desk to anchor the coverage of the NBA finals and place Rachel on the sidelines. And for those not familiar with the business, know that those distinctions of who's at the desk and who's on the side corresponding, it's a, it's all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's all the difference in the world. And I say, this is somebody who started kind of in the field, so to speak, um, doing that type of correspondent work, guest contributing, talking head shit. And it's a very difficult road, Dustin Ross, as you well know, to go Mm -hmm. from that to sitting at that desk where you are able to present a level of authority that is unmatched. Yes, absolutely. So Rachel was in her feelings. She's talking on this hot mic to Adam Mendelson, rather. Uh, Adam Mendelson, political and comm strategist, and works closely, note this, with LeBron James. Mm. Okay? Important, because that means there's a feeding of information and a cycle of energy that's going on there. Anyways, uh, Rachel and Adam are talking, and she's making a point, and then she kind of goes on to say, um, quote, I just want them to find it somewhere else. It's in my contract, by the way. This job is in my contract in writing. So she's pissed um, that they have given this role to Maria Taylor, and she's talking about it. The problem is not that she wants to sit at the desk. Shit, we all do. Okay, ain't nobody mad at her about that. The issue is you are insinuating Rachel Nichols um, very explicitly uh, because if you read some more of it, she says flat out it's because ESPN is feeling the pressure around this BLM movement and thus basically saying they needed to put a black woman at the desk. And so they got Maria Taylor because she is black. And therein lies the problem, Dustin. That's where it's a problem because what you are doing, Rachel Nichols, and again, anybody else that thinks like you, when you say that, when you say a black woman or a black person is in the position due to their blackness, okay, you are by default undermining our credentials and qualifications. Completely doing that. That put us in the role to begin with. And I talked about this a little bit on See The Thing Is. Mm Mm-hmm. We must have recorded for 27 hours, by the way. I don't know how much of it is going to make the edit. Um, Shout out to Bridget Kelly and Sister Mandy B. It was Mm -hmm. dope. Um, But what I want to offer people, Dustin, because I know you've heard this your whole career in life. I've heard it my whole career in life. It's why my tagline, 
For the Real Housewives of New York is what it is, which is I've had to work twice as hard for half as much. And now I'm coming for every motherfucking thing. So when people, including black people, default to a place that we are underqualified for the positions we access and we are only there due to our blackness and a need to fill a quota or a need to, in this case of ESPN, Dustin, make ESPN look uh, not quite as racist as they have portrayed themselves to be in years past. Right. Let me tell you how ass backwards, to quote my grandfather, that is to think. Know this, when you see a black person in a space, we are not only qualified, we are fucking supremely overqualified. That part. That part. How do I know this? We know this because every system in play in the entire nation and globe to be clear, has worked to make sure we never ascended to the space to begin with. Every system. Every system starting in fucking kindergarten. Okay? Seriously. And so therefore, when you see a black physician, when you see a black accountant, when you see a black judge, when you enter a courtroom, when you see a black person uh, as the president of a network, know that that motherfucking individual is supremely overqualified to be there because everything in our entire society says a white person should be there instead. Yep. Period. Yep. Period. Yep. Do you know how much better Maria Taylor has had to be her entire life to even be in the running to sit at that desk? To even Come be a part me. of that conversation. To yeah. even be a part of the conversation. And this is all rich <laughs> from Rachel Nichols, in particular white woman, whose mother-in-law is motherfucking Diane Sawyer. I can't. Yes, 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 yes. For the, and I didn't know this um, until this whole scandal broke and a girlfriend in, in the business was telling me, child, and then this bitch got the nerve to be talking about uh, talking privilege, shit. Talking, to, right. talking shit, talking about privilege and what's fair and unfair, and you are the petty princess queen of nepotism, my dear. Nepotism personified. You literally are married to the late Mike Nichols, who is royalty in the entire business on the highest level, who was married to motherfucking Diane Sawyer, who is still the queen of ABC News. She's a living fucking legend. And oh, Who's the little sister network to ABC News? Hmm. Oh, it's ESP motherfucking in. Come on, somebody. So stop playing in our face, girl. You you are the very thing that you're talking about. And it's all your fault. You had the, the gall to say, you know, they're taking my thing away from me and giving it to her. If you want to fix your shitty record, you know, do that. But don't take my thing. That entitlement... Mm. That entitlement that we mm. saw and heard, which I'm so glad you you um, encouraged everyone to listen to the audio so that they can get a taste of the inflection, the way that, that she was saying those words. Mm. Because when you look at what she said, you can almost understand where she was coming from in theory, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, if this is written into my contract, sure. so it's fucked up for you to give it to someone else. Sure. But once she started layering it mm-hmm. and making it an issue of them taking something from her to give to the black girl just to because the black she's girl. black, mm-hmm. like you started showing your, your, your caring is showing right now. And that's just what it was. So that's exactly what it was, my dear. Um, so listen, around the legality, because this is why we're covering it. This is why we're covering it here on Holding Court. Um, you know, I, I, I this this is going to be around ESPN's choices, Dustin, as to whether this reaches any type of legal um, remedy. Uh, mm-hmm. What we know is this: uh, during the course of these NBA finals, uh, R- R- Maria Taylor's contract with ESPN is, is expiring. Okay. 
It's coming up to expire during this. Uh, lots of reports out there. We don't really know what's what. I haven't seen Maria's contract offers, but they're saying right. this. They're saying that Maria was offered somewhere between three and five million, which would have been an uptick as to what we do know her current salary is, which is exactly one million. Maria Taylor so far is saying, get the fuck out of here, allegedly. <laughs> um, and she's wanting something closer to eight million. Mm-hmm. Um, which would put her on par-ish uh, with leading face of the network, uh, Stephen A. Smith. Listen, this is what I'm going to tell you. Um, at this point, based on this recording, based off of the uh, compounding legacy of racism and sexism at ESPN, yeah. Maria Taylor can name her number. Let's yeah. be clear. She can name her number. So ESPN is not really in a position to do too much but pay this motherfucking queen what she wants. Any refusal or pushback of them to do so, I will not be surprised if litigation is is pursued. All right. Well, Ave Maria, goddammit. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Get money, man. Get money. That's what I'm talking about. Money, 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 money. One of my favorite quotes of all time from the um, cinematic uh, masterpiece known as The Players Club. Oh, yes. Uh, My best friend, Christina Jackson, and I talk about it all the time. (laughs) Listen, Maria. (laughs) Make that money, girl. Don't let it. Don't make let you. it make you. God damn it. That's right. And I know that's right. Good. Good, good Maria. job, Maria. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Moving on to some more bullshit. Tulane University School of Medicine, of course, located in, um, you know, very near where I was born. Um, <laughs> New Orleans, Louisiana. Tulane's down there cutting the fuck up, Dustin. Apparently, oh, yes. The Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education. That's a big, long-ass acronym. Just know that is the mechanism in which medical schools are accredited. Okay? Yeah, it sounds very serious. Very, this very is, serious. Oh, this is serious. I mean, not for nothing, Tulane has a reputation um, of being an, an elite academic institution. Yes, you know, when you absolutely. say you went to Tulane, people expect something great. So mm-hmm. the fact that now Tulane's medical school, okay, um, is now being placed on probation. They have literally been placed on probation for their accreditation. Why? Because they're fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, and see, this is important, Dustin, because I think people think of racism as just like a social ailment, just something that's kind of like a, like a soft problem in society. No, people have to understand just this year, the, um, CDC center Mm -hmm. for motherfucking disease control has actually, uh, identified racism basically as a motherfucking disease. See that, you know, that it literally has direct correlation to physical and mental well-being racism sick in the head literally and then the sickness in the head results to the sickness of body that's why they be looking like that steve bannon looking like he's dry rotten from the inside out yeah that's why they be looking horrible them trump sons and daughter because ivanka just wear makeup but she ugly too that's why they all look like that yeah Yeah, but then they're ugly right actually Mm -hmm. impacts the quality of our life and sometimes the ability for us to live it yes it's racism that is the direct reason that black women die four to five times more than all of our counterparts. Literally. There was a a piece that came out in the New York times um, a couple years ago. This was when remember Dustin, it was breaking news that both uh, Serena Williams and Beyonce Knowles Carter both almost died giving birth to their children. And what we, they were able to do in the 
in the data analysis from a medical perspective, D, was real, where they were able to isolate the variable as to why these two women almost died. What we knew it wasn't about was money. They're two of the richest women in the whole fucking world. They knew it wasn't about health. Both of them in terms of physical health, right? Um, They, uh, Serena Williams knows her body better than almost anybody in the world. Come on. The the picture of physical health. So what they were able to, it wasn't about education. It wasn't about any of that. They were able to isolate the fact that these two women almost died despite every resource in the world because of systematic uh, medical practices that say black women can endure pain at rates that are uh, unreasonable and unsustainable and that black women need less medical attention, period. Mm -hmm. It is a perfect example, jurors, of how racism takes our fucking lives. So back to Tulane. They are currently being, uh, they're placed on probation. Why? Because they had the audacity, Dustin, to put this black queen, a woman by the name of Dr. Princess Dinar, she was specifically uh, Dr. Prince, and I love that her name is Dr. Princess because you know we be, do- we be doing the most, and I love it every time. Love we, it, doc- Dr. Royalty, Dr. Princess, right. Dr. Queen. I, I actually have it. a good friend who's a podiatrist, and she's Dr. Queen. Um, love it. So shout out to Dr. Princess Dinar over here at Tulane. She was suspended from her position as overseeing the residency program. Specifically, she was the director of the school's internal medicine and pediatrics residency program. And this is key. That particular, first of all, there's hardly any black people in medicine. It is so impossible almost for black people to ascend through medical school and through residency programs. Um, Again, when you see it, know these motherfuckers worked a million times harder than everybody else that wears that white coat, period. Okay, so here's this black queen director of their program. And that is one of the few programs, this internal medicine pediatrics program, D, that had um, a disproportionately higher number of black participants. So most of her, not most of her residents, but she had more black residents than most um, supervising physicians. This is important. So they took her off of that position. Tulane did. Why? She claims, Dr. Princess claims, that it was in retaliation for the fact that she sued Mm. Tulane University, okay, for what? Racial and gender discrimination. She accused the medical school of retaliating against her because she filed a federal lawsuit recently, October of 2020, where she Mm. alleged racial and gender discriminations, not just against her but also her residents. So keep in mind, y'all, this is a woman who's putting her career and livelihood on the line, not just for herself, but for her students, for the other black and female residents that work under her tutelage because enough is enough. And when those of us that have a little bit of power, and hear what I'm saying here, jurors, when those of us, and I'm putting myself in that, that have a little bit of power in this society, when we don't fucking use it for the collective good, we too are pieces of shit. Absolutely. Hear that. Hear that. Okay. So this woman was willing to put herself on the line and in return, the medical school retaliated against her. She is alleging and suspended her from that position. And this woman, yeah. And this woman is saying not on my watch. So she filed a federal lawsuit. The university was in their feelings. um, And, you know, then after much outcry from the public, from other residents, from even other administrators and faculty at the school that were like, this woman is wholly qualified for her positioning. Why is she being suspended? We want to know more. Guess what Tulane's ass did? Oh, we we, we were kidding. Tried to reinstate her. See. You know, 
and this and this woman, Doctor Princess, uh, say get the fuck out of here. Y'all y'all did me dirty. Yeah, you did me dirty. You did me dirty for a fucked up reason. Now we'll we'll take it up in in the day in court. Yeah. See you in court. You can I take your it. yeah, take your reinstation re, uh, your, your ability to reinstate me and shove it up your ass. I will see right. you in federal court as we will continue with this litigation. Um, very very happy for this woman. Very happy for her. It. That's what you do. Very similar to what we saw the queen Nicole Hannah Jones do to UNC. You cannot Absolutely. fuck over these black women. Try to do right on the back end and think we're going to take your shit. We will not. No, we have information. We have access. We have uh, um, power. P- people in positions of power. You know now to advance these sort of of um, opportunities to force people to take accountability as they should and. That's what Tulane gets. Do you know how racist you have to be for you to jeopardize your accreditation, your, your accreditation or Listen, whatever? Yep. You know how racist you have to be? That is a big deal. And to me, this is a full stop for Tulane University, anyone who donates money, yes. anyone who is involved with this. This is a full stop. This is a message. You know, and I just hope people are receiving it. I think it's true. It's important what you said. Pay attention to how far some of these racist institutions and individuals will go to protect that legacy of white supremacy. They yeah. will literally risk it fucking all. That's deep. Pay That's attention. Really deep. That's an important point, Dustin. All right, listen, we got some more coming your way. Y'all, this docket is rich. Next up, we got, we're going to get into uh, the celebrity justice of it all, starting with uh, Britney Spears, latest legal developments there. They're piping hot. And uh, Bill Cosby, uh, if you missed it, go to my Instagram page. It's still there for your uh, purview. Dustin Ross and I break down all things that happened when Cosby was released, so you can get all that tea. But we're going to talk about what legal steps Bill Cosby is looking to pursue in this moment. All that and more. We're going to take a quick break, pay a little bit of bills. Money, 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 money. Uh, don't go anywhere. A whole lot more holding court after this. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Holding Court. Uh, Dustin, let's get into this Britney, uh, Free Britney Part 2 shit. This is... All right. Woo, child, so I just promise you somebody's going to get the ass suit off of them when it comes to this Britney Spears conservatorship. Um, after her gripping testimony for over 23 minutes, uh, in which we actually heard from Britney uh, herself for the first time in years, everybody wants to walk away from Britney all of a sudden. You see that, Dustin? Legal yeah. team resigning, manager team resigning. Why are, y'all, why are y'all all running scared now that the woman has spoken? Yeah. Because that's exactly what's happened. Um, after uh, a very brief explanation in the application for the appointment of counsel, um, this is where the court is telling Brittany what's going on around the lawyer because her longtime lawyer, uh, this man named uh, Ingram, okay, who I have a serious problem with, which I'll get to in a second, okay. um, he has officially resigned from representing Brittany along with the, and remember he was court appointed. Okay, yeah. he was court appointed. Ingram's ass was court appointed. Brittany never picked him. The court did. And after 13 years, he's conveniently stepping down now. He's also stepping down with the other court appointed co-counsel, which was this firm, Loeb and Loeb. Um, They have tendered their resignations. Okay, that is a quote from the court. Now, let's talk about Ingram's ass. Uh, First of all, again, Brittany, go back and watch the Hulu documentary, y'all. Brittany uh, and the attorney that Brittany selected speaks. 
directly in the doc. And he talks about how he went to see Britney. He, he had his own concern as to whether or not Britney was lucid and aware enough to select counsel. Mm-hmm. He met with her in person and he evaluated that she indeed was. She was totally fit to have the constitutional right to select counsel. Okay. That's in the Sixth Amendment. Look at the fuck up. Mm-hmm. After she does this, she goes to court. Court decides, judge decides, no, we don't think she should be able to pick her own lawyer. We're going to assign her ass to Ingram. And for 13 years, Dustin, this is what's been the case. And it's interesting because I, I my question in this whole thing is, why is Brittany saying just recently in that, I think it's June 23rd testimony we heard from her, that she didn't know that she could get out of this conservatorship and she didn't know that a filing was necessary to, to seek the termination of the conservatorship. Why wouldn't she know those things when she's had a lawyer the whole time? Mm. Well, now it's starting to come to, 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 to light. In a piece reported in The New Yorker, it's very long, it's very thorough. It talks about how Ingram, this, remember, court appointed, Brittany never picked him. Apparently, it looks like Ingram was working more on the behalf and interest of Jamie Spears, the father and head of the conservatorship, than he was for his actual client, Britney Spears. Well, I never saw that coming. <laughs> right. No, it's crazy because one would think, but see, that's, frankly, that is always the fear of a court-appointed lawyer. I say this as a former one. Right. Mm-hmm. I worked at various points in my career as a public defender, and a lot of clients always felt um, and during our first meeting, you know what, you know, fuck out of here with these public defenders or other court appointed counsel because y'all are working in cahoots, right, with the state. You're working in cahoots with the other side. Yeah. You're not really for me. You're against me and I can't trust you. And that is the main plight of most court appointed counsels, although the vast majority of us are about that life. We are zealously as we are. Um, ethically required to do. We, t- we put our hands on Bibles, every last one of us. And we say and take an oath to zealously represent the interest of who? Our client. Yeah. And it, at the point in which you feel compromised that you can't do it, you have to recuse yourself. That's, yeah. that's how the, the system works. So for, for Ingram to have been court appointed and in any way working on the interest of any person other than Britney Spears, he's fucked up. He's unethical, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, Dustin Ross, if he finds himself in front of the bar association. As mm-hmm. the fuck he should. It's mm-hmm. funny that now everyone's taking off running. You know, as as things are be- becoming more and more revealed, mm-hmm. and we we becoming more and more privy to how they've really been abusing that girl. Okay, right. and taking advantage of her. Now everybody's running scared. You've been riding that way for thirteen fucking years. For thirteen years, to the tune of guess how much this fucking dude Ingram was making with one client per year over a half a million dollars over four, 500 excuse me five hundred and twenty thousand dollars over half a million dollars per year just on britney See? just on britney that's one client Come on, so it's, it's 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 clear what's been going on there's mm-hmm. blood on all these hands every everybody that's running and leaving check mm-hmm. their palms because it's blood on their hands that's why they're on the way out yeah. the door now they're trying to leave before the shit hits the fan. So yeah, but it's gonna be too late for all that shit, D. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, if you're reading that New Yorker piece, I mean, Brittany was mad as a motherfucker on that recording. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was like, "These people need to be in jail." That's what Brittany yeah. Spears said. Fuck out of here with that. You, they need your honor. They need to be in jail, your honor. I felt like I was dead 
I mean, she said that. She said, I felt as if I was dead. I had no rights. And she used the word abusive, just like you did, Dustin. That's what Britney Spears said. Ingram and and all these raggedy-ass hanger-ons, they better watch their back. I I could honestly see disbarment or suspension from the bar because I believe there's probably going to be evidence to show that he had an aligned interest with Jamie Spears, the father and conservator, not his client, Brittany. Mm-hmm. So he could stay yeah. on that motherfucking payroll at the two and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my popcorn and my cocktail and watch all this go down. So uh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't I wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Listen, I think I really do want to be an R&B singer. I just can't sing. Anyway. Well, why um, not? I'll be your background. Fuck it. <laughs> why not? <laughs> right, right. D-Ross back there on the ones and twos. Listen. That's right. All right, let's go on to Bill Cosby real quick. Bill Cosby okay. got the nerve to be out here, child, talking about his lawsuit. But I really can't say got the nerve because not for nothing. Um, he's in the right. He's in the right. Legally, Bill Cosby's in the right, y'all. Y'all heard the breakdown on IG. Go, go listen to it. This is what happened in short. Bill Cosby gave a deposition long ago. I think it was mm-hmm. around 2005, 2006. It was around what happened with him and Andrea Constant. Okay, that was the young uh, lady at the time. She was on the faculty of Temple University, I think, with the basketball program. Bill Cosby, we all know, was a trustee of Temple University. That's how they became acquainted. At some point, uh, he said in the deposition that they had personal dealings where he admitted to giving this woman quaaludes, okay, um, and then proceeding to sexually assault her without her consent. This is all in the deposition. Don't, 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 don't argue with me. Don't play with me. Play with your motherfucking friends. Go read it. Go read the testimony. Okay. The problem, Dustin, though, is that the reason Bill Cosby subjected himself to that deposition and made those self-incriminating statements, I'm going to say it one more time. The reason he agreed to the deposition and made the self-incriminating statements, which is what he did, He did so because he was relying on a promise, relying on a promise from the then district attorney of Philadelphia who promised Mr. Cosby and his legal team that they would not pursue criminal prosecution in the case. Mm -hmm. And because they promised him, nothing was in writing, but it was a promise. And Bill Cosby and his legal team relied on that promise to move forward with the deposition in the civil case. Okay. There was two cases going on at the same damn time. There was an investigation around the criminal aspect. So the DA could decide whether or not to bring charges. And then there was the ongoing civil uh, litigation. And as I say in the IG, Dustin, when you're talking about pursuing civil and criminal uh, charges and filings at the same time, you run into this kind of conflict. So the DA decided for better or worse, I don't really think I've got strong, strong evidence for a criminal case. So I'm going to go ahead and and let him off the hook, so to speak, criminally. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that then he'll take his ass over to the deposition, admit what he did, and at least this victim will get some money and civil compensation for her trauma. That was the analysis. Whether it was right, whether it was wrong, that's what the fuck happened. Right. And now the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to me, legal analysis here, accurately made the decision that in then the dis- that same district attorney's office, new prosecutor, because again, these change with elections, okay? New DA comes into to, to the space, 
probably feeling some level of political and social pressure to pursue these charges because it was during the Me Too movement, okay? That time when it was, what, 50, 60 women on the cover of the magazine all saying that they were, you know, traumatized, abused, and raped by Bill Cosby. He's like, the new DA said, I don't give a fuck what the old DA said. I'm a prosecute. And the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court said, not on our watch. What we don't do is give false promises to citizens to then go back and renege on that promise and put them in uh, and use their self-incriminating statements that we promised freedom of prosecution from to then go prosecute them. No, that is a violation. And it is. It's a violation of their due process constitutional rights. And for that reason and for that reason only, Bill Cosby is a free man today. Yeah. Okay. Now, with that said, I just told y'all, Bill Cosby had his due process rights violated, period, period. Okay. So, of course, he's going to seek a legal remedy. The problem I have here with this one, uh, Dustin, is Bill Cosby's uh, PR dude, uh, this uh, Andrew Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He gets on my motherfucking nerves and he could never represent me. I'm going to tell you why he talked too goddamn much. Um, he, he goes on this show, uh, a radio show, and he's talking all out the side of his neck. He says this, this is specifically, and this is a quote, uh, the PR rep, Andrew Wyatt says, Mr. Cosby is looking to make a couple hundred grand in compensation in quote, goes on to say, we are looking at, uh, what recourse, what legal recourse we can take against the state of Pennsylvania. We are looking at all legal angles for those things right now. Okay. Now the back half is cool. We're looking at recourse, legal actions. We're entertaining all of our options. Fine. Mm -hmm. It's this first part. We're looking to make a couple hundred grand in compensation. If I'm Bill Cosby, I'm like, player, shut the fuck up. Like, Why are you capping? Right. Why are you capping the amount that I can recover in my litigation? And and Andrew, why are your ass is not even a lawyer? So you need to, you're not involved with this legal case at all. I mean, seriously. That's not cool. So the, the 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 teachable moment here on holding court jurors, keep your lawyer and your your PR team and, and, and whoever is speaking for you that's not a lawyer, keep them quiet because that kind of statement could end up being harmful in the litigation that Bill Cosby goes to pursue. Yeah. Because they're gonna be like, well, Mr. Cosby's rep already said they're only looking for a couple hundred dollars, Your Honor. Shit, we could settle out of court for that. I mean, clearly, like, I, I just, the, the carelessness, like, what is with these people, I guess they are criminals, but what is with these people getting these ghetto-ass, like, legal teams, like, these people, R. Kelly did the same thing, remember right? that, uh, the uh-huh. PR guy that he had, the talking head for him? Yes. Why? You, oh, you, yes. you really need the best help you can get at Listen, this point in time. Christ, crisis management is not a game. If you don't go get you a Judy Smith type and get the fuck out of here, For you know real. what I mean? Okay, the real bitch of uh, scandals. Listen, me. the real Olivia Pope. Yeah, the real Olivia Pope. Yes. yes. It's it's a reason the White House had her. She she used to do she used to do um PR for George uh HW Bush, okay? That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> listen, right. Listen, he wasn't playing no games. Go get okay. you a black queen. But okay. listen, um, you know, uh from the legal place, Bill Cosby's got a case. Period. Period. He's got a case. Uh, he does get to sue the, the state of Pennsylvania for wrongful prosecution because it, 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 the, the Supreme Court has already said legally it was a wrongful prosecution. Uh, so now it's just a time of, of how much he'll get in recovery. In addition to the lawsuit, D, uh, he is planning a comedy tour. They say he's trying to <laughs> this is the this is the kicker. 
a speaking tour where Bill Cosby is going to go to prisons and schools and neighborhoods and talk about being a better citizen and curbing violence. Interesting. <laughs> now, the question is, who the fuck is going to a Bill Cosby comedy show these days? Ooh, who is going and why are you going? And why is he even going on a tour? You need to sit your ass down. That's what you need to do, Bill. Right. Sit right. down. You Literally. won. You yeah. won. At this point, you have won. Sit down and yes. shut up. Because if you yeah, don't, and shut up that part because you're gonna keep talking, Bill, and talk your ass right back into some more trouble. There you go, Ebony. It's a lot of people that want to see him right back where he was, where it's, he belongs, exactly. literally. Yeah, so, uh, where he does belong, but but, I mean, but but due to the nature that they put him there, it was erroneous. Right. So now you're out. You literally got to get out of jail free card, Bill. Literally, if you don't <sighs> sit your ass down and shut up. So that's it with Bill. Listen, y'all, we're going to take another quick break and we have much more holding court right after this. All right, y'all, welcome back to holding court. I want to do this one last story on our docket because it's really, you know, Dustin, I've been on this kick. I'm, I'm very concerned with the wealth gap uh, of black America in this country. Um, it's dear, it's dear to my heart. You know, I'm still in this process of purchasing my first piece of property in real estate. And we know that every data point says that the purchasing of real estate in America is, is really the entry point for most people to starting the building of generational wealth. Okay. Yes. So when we look at the fact that black Americans have, but one tenth, one tenth of the wealth of white Americans, um, for every $100 a white person has, has on average, black people have 10 bucks. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Let me just, let me, let me like make that. it real clear to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they got a hundred. We got 10 fucking dollars. Okay. Well, here's a good times theme song starting in my head. That's all I hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Right. Um, and part of the reason why that is the case is because there has been systematic, uh, oppression and disenfranchisement as it relates to home ownership of black Americans. This is not my opinion. Okay. Look it up. When black GIs came back from risking their fucking lives for this nation, other GIs were allowed the GI bill, which included VA loans, which is how a lot, a lot. I mean, the entire white middle class of America was built off of that legislation. Okay. Um, tons of programming, uh, GI loans to go to school, GI loan to, to buy homes, VA loans, all of these things, low interest rates, uh, low down payments, incredible federally funded programs to allow for the assertion of wealth in America and hundreds of millions of white Americans avail themselves. And it's how their, their families got started on a general generational wealth pathway. It's wonderful. The only problem is that black citizens that met the same qualifications were literally statutorily discriminated against. They were not allowed um, to qualify for those same VA loans. They were not allowed to go back to school with those same programs. They were not allowed, Dustin Ross, to buy property in those neighborhoods. Then there's redlining on its own. Okay, that just simply said, because we decided to as a local or federal municipality, black folks can't live here. Asian Asian folks can't live here. Jewish folks can't live here. It's called redlining. Look it up. 
While you think it might not happen statutorily today, I'm here to tell you based on this next case, it fucking does. This is how redlining shows up today. Federal court. Here, this is right here in our own backyard, Dustin. This is right here in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Federal court has ruled that Brooklyn homeowners of color get to move forward with a class action lawsuit to recover their wealth that was lost through New York's third party transfer program. It's called a TPT program. What the fuck is this program? It's this. This blew it, me away too. Isn't this yeah, crazy? This really fucked me up, man. And this is 2021, y'all. Not 1965, not 1972. 2021. Right, right here in Brooklyn. We ain't talking about Mississippi. We ain't talking about Alabama. This is Brooklyn, New York. A federally backed program says that the city gets to seize people's property, its entire property value. Why? Even if the homeowner owed just a few hundred bucks in water fees, taxes, or sewer charges. They could literally, let's say you owed $123. I've seen it on unpaid water fees. And and most of the time, people don't even know they owe it. That's why they haven't paid it. You know, these people have $123. They don't know they owe it. Yeah, and and the city and the state and the federal agencies bet on people not knowing. And they come right in, Dustin, and they swoop the property from them, the entire property value. And, And if you're wondering how much value we're talking about, just know that the courts decided that at the time they filed the suit initially, which was just a few years ago, those property values, this is just three people's property we're talking about. And their names are, by the way, McConnell Dorse, Cecilia Jones, and Miss uh, Sherlivia Thomas Merchinson. These three people of uh, individuals, all of color, black and Hispanic, all had their properties scooped away, taken, seized in its entirety. Um, to the tune of 66 million was the combined total then. Now, over 100 million, okay, or something mm-hmm. like that. It's a much, let me say that again. So it was then, Dustin, it was around $66 million combined for those three properties that were seized by the government. Today, millions more, worth millions more because those neighborhoods, of course, like the neighborhood I'm living in, gentrified, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, brought in. Uh, totally reestablishing a different level of wealth. And these suits go back to, to the fact that these properties dated back to the 1990s and they have been taken away from them under this TPT program. It is fucking terrible. Uh, this is one of the quotes um, from the defendants. Uh, excuse me. This is one of the quotes, rather, Dustin, from these uh, homeowners. They say this, the TPT program has affected my family in many ways. My family and our neighbors, who should have remained shareholders in the building, have lost real, personal, and future assets and value in the millions of dollars. And that's not even measuring the value of having a home for the long term. And uh, one of the specific, Miss um, Miss Thomas Murchison, told the BK Reader, this is a local publication, mm-hmm. my now deceased mother worked for close to 25 years. 25 years to ensure that our family would have long-term residency in an already existing affordable housing co-op. And Mm. the city took that away with the stroke of a pen. Terrible. End quote. So don't tell me that redlining and other 
disgusting practices of discrimination as it relates to black people and housing don't exist today because it fucking does. It absolutely does. It just looks like this. It just looks like this. It looks like yeah. this. Or it looks like um, what happens to me where, you know, mm-hmm, originally mm-hmm. T- 20% down, which is standard for, you mm-hmm. know, homes of a certain size and rest. Oh, you know, Miss Williams, <laughs> if your property was located on the in the Lower East Side of New York, which is sketch as a motherfucker. I mean, clearly. <laughs> you would be fine with that 20% down. Oh, but because you want to purchase uptown in Harlem, we've deemed, our company has deemed that high risk. And so we need even more and more when you're buying at this station of value is in the tune of, you know, we're not talking about $5,000 more, just put it that way. Right. It's a substantial, it's a substantial difference. It is the difference that most people can't make. Yeah, it breaks the, it breaks the whole home owning buyership process down and you got to start over again. Yeah. Or yeah. what they really want you to do, buy somewhere else. Yeah, that's that system. So that they bullshit. can, yeah, so they can continue the gentrification and the dominant occupancy mm-hmm. of a historically mm-hmm. black neighborhood because they don't want us here anymore. That's what it is. But then it ran up on the right bitch because I don't give a fuck how much I got to pay down. You gonna get this shit? That's it today. Boop, that's boop, right. Boop. It's going Listen. to work out. It's That's gonna right. work out, period. That's right, Ebony. But but it's a shame, Dustin, that someone again sitting in the privilege that I sit in. Yeah, I'm experiencing this. So what's it like for the common everyday Black American? The fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. twice as hard, just like you said, Ebony. Shit, twice as hard. So listen, jurors. All I'm trying to tell you is, ten toes down, ten toes down, eyes wide open. This is what the fuck is looking like out here. They don't want us to get this wealth. They don't want us to have this property. Stand your ground. Yeah. Stay focused. Um, we lose a lot of property as black Americans with um, people not paying those tiny portions of taxes or water fees or sewage fees or their, or, or the tra- deed transfer fees when people die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In fact, I have a lawyer friend. That's all he does. His whole practice is making sure that that transfer of property is effective and efficient in the passing of our folks so that we don't lose millions of dollars, millions of dollars. And it doesn't have to be a million dollar home. It could be a $25,000 home, but it adds up to millions of generational wealth dollars lost in the black community. There it is right there, Ebony. Yes, this is a damn shame. So you know, our justice for these people. And I'm glad that things are advancing for them now. Yes. And I'm glad, and I'm glad that the court decided, uh, because that was the legal case you took. Yeah, you're right. You, I, I, I totally forgot where, where I was really going legally with it. Cause I got so caught up in, the, in the theft. Yeah. yeah. The fucking thievery going right. on here. Um, but the, yeah. But the, the legal claim was that they were trying to say that these people of color couldn't file their claim to get their money and property back in federal court. They wanted them to stay in state court. And let me tell you, let me hip you to some game jurors. When people try to do that shit, it's because state courts and local courts are inherently more corrupt. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's local players. They're getting their pockets greased. They're getting their hands <clears throat> greased by local folks. Okay. Yeah. Corruption is more effective locally. Not that it doesn't exist federally, because we know the fuck it does. Okay. But it's harder to get to. So when you have an option to go between federal and state filings, always go federal. Mm. And what they will always do is try to knock you back down to state court. It's levels to this shit. Mm -hmm. And what I love is the court here said, 
fuck out of here with that. This is a federal issue. Why is it federal? Because this notion of taking people's property by, by government, it's called eminent domain. Most of you have heard of it. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. is governed by the Constitution. The Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, look it up. It says that the, the government can only take your property. They can take it now. But they have to give you fair and just compensation. That is per our Constitution's Fifth Amendment. In this fair case, and just. fair and just. Those are the trigger words. In this case, because the plaintiffs, the families are arguing they got no fair nor just compensation, that's why it's in federal court. As it should be. As it should be. Eyes open, y'all. That's right. Ten toes down. That's right. All right, listen, jurors. Listen, thank y'all so much. Thank you for hearing us out today. I appreciate y'all. Uh, Dustin, you know the vibes. We love when people rate us, when they give us you know, the stars, the comments. We read it, y'all. It really helps us guide where we take this show each and every yeah. week. As always, Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions. It's in association with Dossie Media, presented by the Black Effect Network. Shout out to Charlemagne the God, the Black Effect yes. Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services provided always brilliantly. One of One Productions. Y'all check them out. Oneofoneproductions.com. Y'all come back. Join D. Ross and I. When we come back, court will be in session next week. Brand new episode. And in the meantime, stay safe. Keep the faith. And Dustin, tell the people what they always have to do. Read your terms and your conditions. And don't answer the door if the TTP people show up. Okay? Hell <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody home. Shit. You Use your people this week, y'all. That's what, yeah. that's what you do. Yes. Listen, y'all can't see me, but I got one eye open. <laughs> okay. All right, listen, love y'all. Bye.